Welcome, everybody, Reckless Speculation. I just opened it up with a clip from Sylvania High School advancing to the quarterfinals, beating traditional state power Madison Academy. If you follow River City Media, you know on Tuesday night, these clowns are not here. It's Coach Van, his staff, his players. And I just want to congratulate them. A heck of accomplishment. Reaching the quarterfinals. And listen to this, guys. They are playing a team from their own region in the quarterfinals. Right now, there's eight teams still left in 3A football in Alabama. Three of them are from their region. So, talk about a powerhouse. Awesome. They've got it. But I just want to shout out to them. Wish them up luck Friday night as they grow across county to play Geraldine High School. If you're in the North Alabama, the Chattanooga area, your team's been beat. Head on down to North Alabama and watch the Rams play. They need they could use the support. And, and if they win this week, they play defending state champion Piedmont, who's also a region team. So uh congratulations. But welcome, welcome, welcome. This is reckless speculation. Your Wednesday night tradition during college football season. Also the other tradition, Rogers Lake. So our traditions never fail. Below me tonight though, he is the man with Ohio State blood. He bleeds garlic and garnet, or scarlet and gray, whatever you want to call it. He is Brandon Chain, who lost this week. No, who won this week in fantasy football. I did. It was a uh, it was a beatdown this week against our <laughs> our uh, division leader. Um, but that's call him out, Dave Hicks. You're a yeah, old Dave Hicks. Uh, my team would have beat anybody this week except Arden. No, that was the only one. He, he had 170 points. Who I played, of course. Well, you wouldn't have mattered. You were <laughs> – you seem so bad. Just as bad as mine, so. Um, well, let's just bring him on. The most disappointing move in our fantasy football league all year was made by the man to my right. <laughs> it's just I'm, – I'm, I'm so disappointed in Rob Randall. The proud mm, owner of Deshaun that. Watson in our league. Uh, well, you know what? After spending all week trying to get Taylor Swift tickets and can't get them, and this whole Ticketmaster fiasco, I'm like, let's just get some low-hanging fruit. I'll pick up Deshaun Watson, and I'll call it a day. Wow. Taylor Swift. sound like the Browns on Yeah. Never occurred in this world. What's that? Taylor Swift, Deshaun Watson, same sentence in this world never happened before. You're a first. Hey, I'm a wordsmith. Yeah, probably the last time you'll hear that. (laughs) All right. Well, to a man that doesn't like Deshaun Watson, and I bet he never saw Taylor Swift. He's below us. He's got – he's below us. He got a little metal in his heart. You know, Donnie Osmond used to say he's a little bit country and she's a little bit rock and roll, whatever. He's a little bit mellow. This man is all metal to the heart. Tom, the Michigander Sloan. What's Wait, up, fellas? Don't yes. tell me. I, I, I just spoiled the girls' Christmas present. They're getting Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, gosh. No. My uh, my pocketbooks aren't that fat for those tickets. That's ridiculous. Uh Yes, I, I too was victorious this week in fantasy. I'm now nine and one in the inaugural Speakeasy 330 
fantasy football league. I, I took out a friend of the show, JP. Uh, close game. Uh, Cooper Cup decided to, uh, you know, go out. And uh, George Kittle might be the most overrated tight end in the NFL right now. So uh, uh, I squeaked, I squeaked uh, by. Excuse me. We got a guy named Kyle Pitts. It's just a freak athlete that scores two points a week. I, I, I got to go with him. I was going to say Darren Waller's up there as well. Well, that's true. That's true. But, yeah. So, just just my whole team just – oh, my God. Robbie would draft running backs. It'd be fine. But, hey, I do have a question. It's not on any sheet we're going to talk about. And I want to open up the conversation with this. We are in week 11 of the college football season, almost over. Week 13 of my high school season, already eliminated from the playoffs with my Squatch County Indians. I think I know the answer from Robbie, but he sometimes can get out there a little bit on me. Brandon, what is your one memory so far of this football season? Hmm. Pro, college, whatever. One memory. Uh, I'd have to say the big upset with uh, the balls over Bama, I think. I think that was a pretty, pretty big shocker in the college uh, world. I mean, it's been a, a long time coming. Uh, obviously, I'm not a Vols fan, but I do appreciate college football and the, the traditions that each university has, and especially the Vols and and Bama. And um, man, that was that was a battle. That was a game. That, that was awesome to watch. Uh, just being a fan, not caring who won. Um, that that's a pretty pretty big memory for this year. Good, good, one. Staple. good one. And I assumed, Robbie, that's going to be yours. But I'm going to tell you, we might have had an NFL game of the year or this year week or last week too. What's your one memory so far of this football season? Oh, hands down, uh, yeah, Tennessee, Alabama. Um, I, I'm sad though that I met. I was watching. <coughs> Uh, Tennessee basketball shoot 23% um, during this Vikings-Bills game. And so I was watching some of the ugliest uh, basketball that you've ever seen played. While from all accounts, one of the greatest NFL regular seasons game was being played. And it was. So, yeah, I can't I, – I, I saw Alabama-Tennessee. That's my shining moment. But I, I will defer to people that watch the Vikings-Bills game. All right, Tom, outside of me picking the Detroit Lions to go to the playoffs, the proof <laughs> that I'm an idiot, uh, what's the one thing you're going to remember about this football season? Well, I mean, you got to like that maybe catch of the century last week with Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson. One arm, uh, had no, no prayer in the world to get that ball, and – uh, just unbelievable heart. That that game was was ridiculous. Um, but I, I'll stick to my Homer Homerism. Uh, I'll go back to this past week. Um, Justin Fields has become a pretty damn solid quarterback the last couple weeks. He is he is absolutely lit it up running the ball. Um, I think Chicago has given him kind of free reign in, in designing plays for him. Uh, so needless to say, he he ran all over my Detroit Lions. But 
when they needed to make a play, it, it, it was so unlion like they take the one point lead with, you know, two and change to go and they need to make a stop on fourth down and they got them. Uh, so as a lions fan that doesn't ever have a whole lot to cheer about, that was one instance where they really, really stood up and uh, didn't play like a two win team and, and, uh, Hutchinson had a huge game and it just the last two weeks, the lions, I guess, have shown that there's potential there, you know, whether it, they continue remains to be seen, but that last play defensively that they stopped, it seemed like they, they uh, sacked Justin Fields like four times in one play finally got him down. But that was probably my biggest memory outside of uh, the last two two minutes of that Buffalo Minnesota game. Just th that, that was an example of why the NFL is King just period. That, that game was unreal. Yeah. And to your point, Tom, it looks like Chicago has finally done what Philadelphia has realized. Like, yeah, you have this dual threat quarterback, use him, make the defense mm -hmm. uncomfortable and like use this Philly blueprint mm -hmm. to put pressure on defenses. I was but, having nightmares as a Michigan fan. <laughs> yeah. My question is, is Chicago going to screw this up like they always do? Because you've got, you know, a, a potential star in the making here with mm -hmm. this dual threat. You've got to get him uh, some protection. You've got to give him some weapons. And yeah. We need an offensive line. This is the biggest problem. Now that you start running, people are going to start keying in on that. And there's mm -hmm. nowhere to go the ball with an offensive line. So – He's uh, going to be throwing the ball down the field, or it'll be short lived. He does, he does, but he's also got a little bit well, yeah. of time. I mean, Philadelphia got AJ Brown. Like Chicago's got to make some trades and get some. Mm -hmm. like, go They've got to get some weapons. Yeah, that, that, I applaud the Eagles for going for it, getting the trades. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the new age NFL now. It's uh, yeah. You know, the Rams set that precedent, um, selling out and and winning a Super Bowl. Now, <laughs> I mean, when you got a a small window with the team and some superstars like that. You got to build pieces around. I mean, heck, if you're the Titans, you Titans miss on 80% of their draft picks anyways. Get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. read all day about Caleb Farley being the next slot number one. Uh, but, you know, before we get off the subject, I want to throw something out there. Of course, it's Alabama, Tennessee. Had the highlights, Robbie on the field, me getting to the goalpost. But I'm going to tell you, there is something else surrounding the Tennessee program that I'm going to throw out there. And it's watching over the last two years, really. I think in the first few weeks of Josh Hopple's first year, I looked at him and went, this is different. This is really different. And then got, Tennessee was playing well at the end of last year. Lost on a heartbreaker to Purdue. Very controversial in the bowl. But I think we've watched the birth of maybe one more one more coach to the elite status. Um, I think you can now move Heupel into the area where Lincoln Riley lives, and and, and you know maybe the bottom of that top ten. Uh, still mm -hmm. no threat to like the Sabins or or the Smarts or even. Uh, I don't even know if it, if he can compete with the Ryan days, but I think he's definitely moved into that genre where the future of college football 
he can be a player in that game because I'm going to say something. Everybody can call that deep offense a gimmick, but there's some pretty smart people in the SEC been trying to stop it for two years, and they ain't figured it out yet. So uh, I kind of think this guy might be a little bit on the ball. So uh, He's definitely – Definitely a great coach, and especially this year. Um, but to start getting into that kind of status, I think you've got to have consecutive years um, of being in the top. Uh, you know, this is your first year back in a while. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not saying that you're not going to be, you know, heavily favored next year preseason and continue on. But I would – I'm not saying that he won't make it, but I'm just saying – to put him in that, his potential is there for sure. Mm-hmm. So he went 12 and one at UCF and everybody forgets that because it's all tied into Scott Frost who we don't see. We probably see what Scott Frost is now, you know, maybe, maybe I think, I think right below that Lincoln Riley level is where I'd put him. And I, I think Lincoln Riley's still got a lot to prove. He might've made the playoff. He's really never, put together a stamp signature season either that, you know, he's always had. We'll get into this later, but this, this year could potentially be one year turnaround here. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's, there's just not a lot of elite coaches these days. I mean, we talk about it. Our our is the only coach out there. That's probably elite at this point that doesn't have a job. Um, Well, and, you got to look at what's what's all transpired in the last year and a half with with the NIL and the transfer portal. So the the years of getting your guys and building a team, you know, a three year window, that's gone. I mean, people can turn around a team in six months with NIL and transfer portal. Basketball is yeah. even more volatile. Well, Brandon and, and and you kind of stole some of my point I was about to make, but. Look, like you see this in pro sports, right? Where you have a billion, a multi billionaire owner, right? That is just impatient as hell and just coach, give them a year, two years, and that works out. Boom, get rid of them. With the TV money now and the billionaires and the NIL, this is the same. Like, so Tennessee's kind of become this blueprint of. Hire a coach, fire a coach, hire a coach, fire a coach, hire a coach, fire a coach. And you can get the transfer. You can mold a team now quicker. Then you don't have to have these high school relationships 10 years in advance, yeah. ninth, ninth graders. You can come in and say, this is what I'm selling, and boom, 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 turn it around quick. What Riley's doing at USC, it's, it's a whole new ballgame. And now it is. Yeah, the, I mean, there's free there's, a wa- there's a waiver wire. I mean, yeah, literally, absolutely. like you can build your own system and you can handpick people in the waiver wire, and, you know, via NIL, transfer portal, mm-hmm. whatever, and move them to your your team that fits your system the best. And you can turn around and uh, compete with anybody. I mean, it, there's no there's no more, you know, building that team. Like I said, you can't there's not a three year window where you get guys. You got to build them up and, you know, wait their turn, whatever. Uh, and build a program that way. Now, I mean, look at Lincoln Riley's doing it. Uh, I mean, there's several coaches doing it this year. Um, so it's it's changed the game of football. But it's also, in my opinion, 
it's made it more interesting. Um, and it's made it a little bit more fun to watch. Now you don't see quite the dominance on, you know, the typical teams. You're starting to see some, some teams compete. Um, and that looked awful early. That looked completely awful. But once they started getting the pieces in the no right team, no places, team. exactly. Uh, you know, they're starting to really surge towards the end. So um, it, it's a whole new game, man. It's not, it's not the typical college that we, we're used to. I'm going to push back on Josh Hopple being elite with one stat. And if anybody can can get past this stat, I will give you Josh Hopple's not an elite coach. Y'all ready? Josh Hopple got Drew Locke drafted in the first round. I mean, Jamarcus Russell was drafted number one overall. Like, GMs make stupid decisions. That doesn't correlate with college coaches being good. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying Josh Heupel isn't great. Sam Darnold, yeah, Baker Mayfield. I'm saying, yeah, like there's tons of busts. Baker Mayfield has been worldly successful compared to Drew Locke. Yeah. No, uh, I agree. I'm just saying, you know. I'll even go this. Help, help. The, Brandon, we can, we, Brandon and I can write a damn book about the Titans blowing first-round draft picks on quarterbacks. Okay. Everybody, hey, we're, we've got one that's playing pretty well. And we're last. starting to catch up to the Browns. I mean, Wait, who, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Jake Locker. We had Jake Locker. We had yeah. Marvel Glass Glassman. We oh, yeah. made a movie about him. Yeah, <laughs> we've got one in Atlanta. We're just waiting on y'all to screw up Derrick Henry so we can have him. Well, I just can't believe Mariota hasn't gotten hurt yet. I, I figure Ritter would have been primed yeah. to play by Week Eight, but only time in his career he's never been hurt in the season. Like I yeah. can't They're believe it. The stage for Desmond Ritter right now. Last week is the first time the Atlanta papers started talking about Desmond Ritter. Well, could we see Desmond Ritter before the year's over? As is a Falcons that, fan, is that who you really want? I think they want to know if he's the guy. Yeah. And I don't think it's, they think he's the guy. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I think Atlanta hopes Desmond Ritter is better than they think he is. I think uh, he'd be in if they thought he was the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah but you then see it, him in practice. You see. But, yeah. but in practice, uh, Joe Milton beat out Head and Hooker head-to-head with Josh Apple Walker. Watch it. Th- this was a well, even if not, even if he hadn't, then you think he's the guy. Put him in the game. This is a punt year anyway. You weren't the expectations were very low. Like what's <laughs> I mean, they're, they're neck and neck with Tampa right now. I mean No, I know they are now, but I don't I, mean, I don't see Desmond Ritter. I don't think they're gonna take that risk. I'm highly disappointed with the Falcons this year. I wanted to lose 14 games and get Bryce Young, but we'll discuss that another show. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to get into the college football playoff. I just thought I would – I think it's a real good subject about what perceptions we've had this year. Hey, I will also throw this out. I think we're finally discovering maybe P.J. Fleck getting the coach we thought he was, uh, either up at Minnesota. So Roll the boat. Roll the boat is not where the row the boat should be. We come on here about two weeks – or I think it was two weeks ago – and announced the death of Clemson's playoffs chances. With everything that happened last week, did they open a little crack to get Clemson back in this conversation, Robbie? No. I mean, short answer is no. Look, they've got 
So either Ohio State and Michigan still going to be ahead of them. They have a better loss. TCU losing would have a better loss. UT won't lose better better loss. LSU, maybe if they lose Georgia, they maybe they bounce back. You have Alabama sitting there still ahead of the Clemson. No, no, there's just no path for that. I mean, they can maybe beat North Carolina, who's ranked uh, one, two, three, four, 13. 13. 13. Yeah, so maybe that's their big, that's the best one of the year, a 13th team, a neutral side. No, there's just, there's just no path. Of, and if, and let's say LSU beats Georgia, there is no way Clemson deserves to get in over the three SEC teams, much less the two Big Ten teams. Like, all of them are above Clemson. Totally agree. All right, let's move on. So the yeah, bowl comes yeah. with LSU in front of USC. Is LSU have a path to the playoffs other than winning? There is no way a three-loss team gets in, Brandon, are they? No chance. No, they have to beat Georgia. Um, in the SEC championship, and then that is going to be debatable at that point. Um, it's going to be hard not – yeah, we will. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, no, short answer, no. They have no chance. Um, they have to win out to be in the conversation, and then that's going to be that's going to be a lot of moving pieces at that time. All right, Tom, one other question, then we'll get into some of these debates. Last week you proposed a – World where U.S. Uh, where Michigan and Ohio State both got in with the losses last week, that becomes maybe not likely, but more of a probability than it was when U.S. found it last week. Well, I mean, it, they were even talking about it in uh, pregame with some of the uh, college shows that you know it, there there's a chance, depending on how the outcome is. I think TCU going down to Texas and winning probably closes the door on that uh, because I, I don't, I don't see TC lose TCU losing this week. Uh, if they play the defense they did down there in Austin. Um, but it would take, it would take a, a TCU potential loss and Tennessee not playing at their best down in South Carolina, which, you know, who knows that probably won't happen uh, as Robbie uh, tweeted back at me the other night. Uh, So uh, it would, it would take a miracle. Um, Of course, the big 10 bias that I have, if it's a, you know, barn burner down to the wire game, either team, uh, it's hard. It's hard to say, well, they don't deserve to be in the top four. Uh, top teams in the country, but just seeing how how it, it's going to unfold and how how the the committee thinks, probably not happening because I, I don't think any of us expected TCU to beat Texas. And let's let's face it, it was seventeen to ten, but TCU Texas. only gave up three points uh, defensively. So I think they've proven themselves to be right where they belong. Uh, so. Uh, the path for for a Michigan Ohio State loss to stay in the in the in the top four probably uh, came to a halt uh, because of TCU. So 
I mean, it's it's a it's a pipe dream. I'm I'm still gonna hold on to hope, but you know, probably not as enthusiastic as I was last week. <laughs> Do you not give Baylor, uh, who's only a couple of points dog? I just Baylor's been unpredictable all year. You know, when you, when you thought they were gonna show up, they, they just haven't. And TCU has proven that it doesn't matter. They're they'll go down to a hostile environment. I mean, uh, Austin, Texas on a Saturday night and, and they played like they didn't have a care in the world. So going to Baylor is, is probably more of an easier task because they've already shown that their, oh. their confidence level. I mean, what's Baylor ranked right now? Are they, they're not. I, See, I think Baylor's better coached and yeah, I mean, they, they have, as good as a home – they don't have as many people, but home field advantage is almost kind of like Oregon. It's small, but it's loud. Yeah. Um, I, so, I would say, resume-wise, TCU should be number two. But I test they should be number four, five, six. Um, that's where it gets difficult for these people. I mean, you TCU's beat some quality people, but they beat them when they were ranked. They beat – oh. Oklahoma when they were ranked, but that's name brand, right? Oklahoma sucks. They beat Kansas, Kansas when they were State. ranked, but that's Kansas what they fell off the ledge. They be, beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. Good win. Or no, at home, sorry. At home. Beat them. At Texas. Yay. And then they beat Kansas State at home. Um, this at Baylor game and in the Big 12 championship – yeah, if TCU wins out, they deserve it um, because that's what we want is inclusion. Uh, but, yeah, Tom, I have a hard time visioning any any way the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game gets no. in. I just no. There's just not, not enough quality wins there. Not anymore. Like, and, it, and it's just because each well, – I'll give Ohio State some credit. They at least scheduled Notre Dame. Harbaugh – Destroyed this, this, this schedule was this three years old. You know, they, this is the three-year schedule. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I mean, and I've, been, goes, I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been pushing that. I've, I've been pushing that the whole season. You know, it's when it comes down to it, their Achilles' heel is going to be the fact that they've got one of the worst strength of schedules. I mean, I heard a thing today that I kind of had to get a kick out of the UConn win. Uh, week in and week out gets better and better because UConn's bowl eligible and, and Jim Moore Jr.'s got that team playing really well. So you, there's a coach that probably will get a nice job next year. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so, I don't, so let's, let's I don't play see it out. that. If Michigan either. loses to Ohio State, their best win is at home against Penn State. And Which there's no way they jump Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. That, I don't think Why? so. I, Look, I, I'm with you, Tom. I mean, it's it would be awesome if there was a barn burner and, you know, Ohio State squeaks one out and Michigan somehow only falls to four and there's two Big Ten teams uh, in the, the Final Four. But I, there is so much going on this year and there's so many teams that are just right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other year, yeah, this is a really good chance. But – this year, but this is an it, this is an example of why fourteens just isn't enough. I think, exactly. and I think twelve is too much. I think eight is the right number because 
Is Penn State is Penn State going to win a national championship? No. Is Oregon after their game last week? Probably not. Is Utah? Who knows? I mean, we thought so at the start of the year, but you but you started to eight eight down, and any one of those teams has a potential, in, in my opinion. Sure. If if TCU gets by. Not only Baylor, but probably a rematch with Kansas State. Uh, I think I, I still think that there's a path for TCU to go down. I really, I I, I really, really would be nervous as TCU matching up in a Big Twelve game, a championship game with Kansas State. I would yeah. be, and they barely nervous. beat them before. Yeah, I, I don't disagree yeah. with that at all. Uh, it, it's. It's going to be a wild finish, I, I think. Uh, I mean, let's not count out USC. I mean, they could go in and win. If they beat – who they got? UCLA. Uh, yeah. they're, Notre they're Dame. They're two-point favors. But, yeah, Notre Dame, who is surging right now. So, that's the thing about, you know, this year and why I agree with the eight teams. Because a lot of times, you know, it takes it first three, four, or five games to really get rolling and, and start moving on. And you could take a – you know, some bad losses in those first five games, one or two losses. And uh, it doesn't necessarily define your season and, and your team, but, you know, with two losses, you're out of it. Uh, so I definitely agree with the expansion. This year is proving why. Um, 12 is a bit much. That's that's mm-hmm. a little bit more money uh, on their part. But, but what I do uh, like well, Brandon, is you get a home game. For the first eight, as I understand, it is being proposed now. So, uh, your, your five, first four will get a buy, right? Yeah, one through four gets a buy. Five versus twelve will be on somebody's campus somewhere, and I do love that. Yeah, so negate the buy and play eight, and be done with it. I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. All right, I want to talk about a couple games that will impact. We'll get to Tennessee LSU after that. We've already already opened it up. USC two point favor over UCLA, and then also Baylor is a two point dog to TCU. The scenario that you talk about, Tom, I think would require TCU to lose. It would require LSU to lose an SEC championship game. It would require USC to lose the uh, lose one of the next few games. I think it would require Clemson to lose, even though we don't really see a path, just to be sure. I still think Michigan gets in over Clemson. No chance that Clemson gets in over Tennessee. Yeah. So the basic scenario has to be one more week of complete chaos before that could even become a reality. Randall, are you saying Clemson could possibly jump the loser of Ohio State-Michigan? No, but I think it my bloody's I think it I think it a one loss Clemson out there just makes the picture uglier because they will be a conference champion. Well, the only all- one they could jump, I think, would be a one loss Michigan or Ohio State. They they cannot jump a one loss Tennessee. Not like I don't think one loss Ohio State. I don't think I don't think Tennessee can jump a one loss Ohio State necessarily. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I no. do. There's a because of Ohio State's beat Notre Dame and Penn State with a loss to Michigan versus at Pitt, Florida, LSU, Bama, 
UK, the only loss being the at away on the number one team versus Ohio State losing at home to Michigan. Absolutely, UT jumps Ohio State in that scenario. Yeah, but, Florida's not ranked. Uh, Alabama's falling in rankings. I mean, they're ranked number eight. Wow. Let me throw it out. Let me throw this out. I think Michigan has a strength of schedule in the the 30s, where Ohio State has one in the teens. That's the only thing I mean by that. Well, no, but yeah, but if you're it, talking about who's going to jump, who like, yeah, absolutely. So Tennessee's uh, jumping the Big Ten loser. That, that's so, a given. So who's there? USC falls, eliminated. LSU loses to Georgia. That's two people gone. The next up is Alabama at eight, and then Clemson at nine. Mm-hmm. Not a not a two loss team. Not this Alabama team. No, no, so, no. no. It's going to be a one loss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you say? It's going to be TCU. It's going to be TCU. It's going to be Tennessee. Um, there's no chance of Clemson. No. Who's going to play in the Big Ten West? Who's who, who's that champion? It's going to be Illinois, probably. Illinois, who you guys play this week. Yeah. So, so any chance if you, you know, dominate them, let's play this out. Whoever loses Michigan Ohio State, if they go and lose to Illinois, mm-hmm. are they still in? No. Uh, that, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So you're saying <laughs> so Michigan would have to lose to Illinois this week. Yeah. And then beat Ohio State next week. Right. No, no. And I'm then, saying, let's, let's say, and then let's the say, winner. No, let's say. Illinois beats Michigan. Illinois, Ohio State. Ohio State's undefeated. Illinois, Ohio State then loses to Illinois. Are they still in automatically, or where does that cookie crumble? If they lose to Illinois in the Big Ten Championship, no. They, they, uh, they, I, don't, I don't want them in at that point if they lose yeah. to Illinois. you got to think about what's going to happen with other people when you think of that. I, I'm telling you. I don't know that if you've got Alabama at eight, we're not down to seven teams right now. If you take LSU out, we're down to six teams. TCU and USC loses. I mean, this thing kind of pops wide open at that point. Well, no, no, no. Think about, Randall, hold on. Think about it. Alabama, like, even if LSU lose to Georgia with three losses and Tennessee sitting there, Alabama lost to both of those teams. You can't drop them below. Alabama can't jump. So, no, no. a one loss Ohio State or a one loss Michigan, yeah, absolutely is ahead of Ohio or Alabama. I mean, there's just no question about that. I agree. Um, Alabama's lost to two of the teams in front of them. They can't jump yeah. both of them. But in my scenario, LSU's lost. It doesn't now, three loss team. But it's they still have Georgia and Tennessee ahead of them. Uh, Georgia wow. still in, and a, a Big Ten team, and there's still one more spot. If USC and LSU is really, really USC, uh, wow. I guess in your scenario, I guess it is possible the Big Ten champion. Well, no, then then U, UNC gets in if Clemson loses. I mean, but I mean, Illinois, Illinois has got what two losses right now already. Yeah, so right? two-loss Big Ten team. All right. If they win the championship, a two-loss Big Ten team, they actually win the championship, so that would trump no. a 
a two loss. Well, then, then in that scenario, if USC loses again, you're looking at two Big Ten, two SEC teams in, which is what we've kind of all alluded to all year could happen. Right. All right. I want to jump subjects one more about the playoffs, and then we're going to go someplace else. Uh, we talked – I sent you all an article, and it's a very interesting article. If LSU wins the SEC championship – We've all said they're in. This article founded on that and go, if they're in, how are they in over Tennessee? And and I agreed with that. How do you put even the SEC champion in over a team that you lost to by 27 points on your own field? And it wasn't one. This was like week seven. So it, it all depends on what – how many points each value evaluation is worth. So how many points do you get for winning a, a championship? Like a, in the past, they valued a, a championship game to be pretty high, uh, a winner of a championship game over. Brandon, they've put Notre Dame in. They've put LSU in when they went in the conference champion. They've put Alabama in when they went in the conference champion. They, I know, but there's been a lot of times – that people didn't get in because they didn't even have a conference championship. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest, biggest thing. Now, listen, it's like anything else. It's all political. They're going to get the teams in. They want in uh, big money markets. I mean, that's, that's where it's going to end up. I mean, we can sit here and speculate all we want to, but. Uh, yeah, to it. And, and when we get this perfect scenario where we think the committee's just completely screwed they're going to pull rabbits out of the hat and it'll be big money <laughs> markets and uh, yeah. we'll all be blindsided by it. So. Well, and, and I'll right, say fine. this. And so like college basketball to draw a parallel analogy, like I've seen 10 times over the last 12 years, Tennessee will go up to Kentucky, lose by 20. Then they come back to Knoxville and they'll beat them by 20. That does not mean those teams aren't equal. It just means it's a different playing field. And, like, that's yeah. what – but they don't take an account. So, look, you take – if I'm arguing for Alabama, Alabama lost two games, each in the last play of the game, at two of the most hostile environments. In By, the what, four points combined? Yeah. And so it's like, if you really want to argue Alabama's not the best team, you can – I could literally go up there and make a solid argument that, hey – that's how the cookie crumbles, though. You put them both in Tuscaloosa. To do that. That's your chance. They're undefeated, <laughs> you know. No, I'll, I'll take it one analogy even further. In golf, I'll play on a windy day. It's 30 miles an hour, and I shoot, you know, a 79, which is fantastic in those conditions and doesn't change my handicap any because yeah. they didn't know the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, and I made 17 eight-footer putts, you know. Who cares? So – but I do agree. They need to take that into consideration, but they don't. Who knows what they do with this board? It's. I think it's just like a – it's almost like the NFL, like Goodell created his own little board so he doesn't have to do well, stuff. I mean, and, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a unless TV he wants show, to. right? It's, they're they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna put who they want in and they'll justify it by every, whatever means they have to. And be like, oh, strength schedule or road wins, quality win, win late, mm -hmm. lose early. Blah, blah, blah. It's all this just justifying the means. It is. 
I know we don't have Man. our down here, but I sent out a thing earlier, or Pac-12 guy. I sent out a thing earlier, seven of the top ten uh, games television-wise featured either Tennessee, Alabama, or Georgia. Uh, the other part of that was the ones not on that list somehow involved Ohio State or Michigan. So if you're trying to build a TV ratings, those are the four teams you want. You want two SEC teams, two Big Ten teams. Well, and this, yeah, this is this is why USC and UCLA are coming to the Big Ten. Absolutely. So they, so they exactly. can get some traction. Right. So they can. Right. There's there's no question about it. They they they're a, a victim of circumstance. Um, last week, you know, what ten o'clock? You know, kickoff. Like nobody on the East Coast. A is sober enough to watch those games, but they're they're exhausted because they've been watching football for you know the better half of twelve hours. And, and first, that's see- when you wake up and you got to check the scores in the morning and be like, "Hey, I know I was watching this game, but how did it end?" Even worse, top ten USC played on Friday night last week. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, you can't can't do that. Uh, no, that's that's it, it's. That's Pac-12 trying to be like Mac, playing yeah. on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you know. Mac plays on Tuesdays and Wednesdays because nobody watches the Mac on a Saturday. So now they get some notoriety. You don't need hey. to put uh, put put them on uh, on a Friday night. Well, that, that just MLB World Series takes some notes because I actually watch Mac football because yeah. there's nothing else on Yeah, Mac. See the blizzard in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, how, how the Pac-12 has – Literally one of the best marketers the world's ever seen as one of their emperors. Like, just talk to Phil Knight. Be like, hey, how do we – what can we do to make our brand national? That's why and he's going to be on the Big Ten. Stop kicking off at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, your first. I, mean, I literally stay up to watch them. And when I'm most of the world is anyways. football, that's when you want to play. Yeah. Right, right. All right, guys, we've got to move on. Not only was that game – USC, but it's Colorado. And to me, Colorado is one of the best names out there. Yes, Colorado football is not what it once was, but neither was Tennessee football. Colorado is a sleeping giant on that west mm-hmm. side of the country. Yeah, they're getting they're getting some big time recruits right now. They're in no man's land though. The Pac-12 is going to dissolve. And... Yeah, that's I, I hope they land somewhere because I love the University of Colorado. All right, let's go around the table, then we move on. We're going to talk about some teams not in playoff. Each week we're going to do this. I'm going to start first because I, I think I've got an interesting take, and I'm going to give it out. I think TCU wins out. I somehow do not believe they want Tennessee and Georgia in Atlanta. One of two things I'm going to predict happens. Either Tennessee passes TCU – or Ohio State crushes Michigan and passes Georgia. They're going to build this one, or Michigan crushes uh, Ohio State and passes uh, Georgia. But we've seen Michigan Georgia in the last calendar year, and I don't think they will. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. I somehow think they're going to get Tennessee and Georgia away from each other. And, and I think I still think the four teams are the same uh, uh, that we've talked about for weeks. 
Georgia, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee. But I, somehow I think the winner of the Pac-10 ends up playing Tennessee and Glendale. Uh, TCU ends up in Atlanta with Georgia. I don't know how they do it. I just predict they do it. Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I, I get your point on that, but. Because I'm it's, honest it's, with you, the, Tennessee, Georgia will draw a great way. I'm not sure Ohio State and TCU in Glendale is going to draw a great rating. It will for Ohio State side. I know, but that, I mean, that's kind of like feeding right into the whole corruption of the, you know, cl- college playoff board. Like, well, it just happened last I get, year. I get you want to, you know, try and keep away matches that previously happened, but if the cards fall how they may, like, let them play out. Who cares? If that's their ranking and that's where they should be placed, place them there. You got to win out. So, so what? You got to play Georgia again. If you beat the other team, you got to play them again in the national championship anyway. So, uh, I disagree with that whole. I'm not saying that you're wrong, and I think that's probably more correct than what I'm thinking. I just disagree with the whole system of it personally. I think they should just evaluate it based on however they scale points or evaluations or whatever, and whatever their total points are and how they fall and whatever their ranking is, that's where they should be, regardless if it's four SEC teams in a row or whatever. Um, but that's a perfect world, and we'll never get that. And Who's your yeah. four? My fourth? No, who's your four? Lay it out. Lana? Glendale. Um, I, I don't think I think George is going to beat LSU. I, I don't think they fall. I mean, you can't fault them for a win in the SEC championship, even if Ohio State, which they will, thump Michigan. Um, Ohio State, Michigan is out of it. Uh, so I'm going to go Georgia, Ohio State. Uh, I swear it gets tough. <laughs> um, I think Tennessee gets in there. Um, I think it's TCU, Tennessee. All right. That's actually the same matchup I got. Tom, close, Tom, Tom, you're next. Robbie. And then, Rods, we're, we're closing out college football. We're just getting our final four up. Tom? Well, yeah, yeah, I think Georgia's probably a lock um, against LSU, although I think that game's a little closer than uh, I think would be predicted. Uh, LSU has definitely uh, showed up under uh, Bayou Bryan uh, somehow. Uh, they got a quarterback. So uh, we'll go Georgia one. Uh, I'm not jinxing anything. I'm just going to go the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game. I'm not making a prediction yet. Uh, So that winner will be number two. Uh, Number three, if TCU wins out, they're going to move up to three. And then, obviously, if the chips fall where they are, uh, Tennessee wins out. Um, I'm not exactly sure if USC's – you know, going to win out. We'll see. 
they got a couple tough road games or tough games coming up here in the next couple of weeks, plus the Pac-12 championship. So uh, if everything stays the way it is, it's going to be Tennessee. And just strength of schedule alone, you, you can't you can't argue. They've had the 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 most impressive resume all year in in college football. So we'll go Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State winner, uh, TCU, Tennessee. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, Randall, uh, as far as uh, the, the committee not really wanting to play, I, I think that's obvious right now. And if they do anything other than that, then it's a little a suspect. So I, I, I see that that's probably what we're going to have. And you should be okay with that because look at Georgia. They got manhandled last year against uh, Alabama, come back, and they were a whole different team the second time, second time they played. So uh, just, as a Tennessee fan, you, that's what you should hope for. I just want an excuse to go to L.A. Robbie Davis, and then we'll come down to Raj. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with y'all's logic as far as they don't want a rematch in the semifinals. But with that being said, they don't want a rematch in the finals. And so I think because the games are on New Year's Eve this year, Let's if you're gonna have a rematch, put Atlanta or Georgia and Tennessee in Atlanta, match them up, let them play, and then because what you want if you're a TV executive, you want SEC and Big Ten in the championship game. And so to put Georgia versus a Big Ten team in the start, or Georgia versus TCU and Tennessee versus the Big Ten winner, or whatever it shakes out. You don't want an SEC matchup again. I think that's bad for TV. I think you want more geographical areas. And so I think if you're going to have two SEC teams in, if that's the presumption we're playing on, put them in the semifinal in Atlanta, get all that attention in that Southeast region, get it there. Whoever survives, survives. And then whether it's Big Ten, Pac-12, let them go against the SEC winner and then a true at least half of the country or the entire country region. So that's if I'm a TV exec, that's how I'm thinking about it, especially the games being on New Year's Eve when they're going to draw a sl- a smaller rate than they normally would, which I could go for days about why it's on New Year's Eve. It's so stupid, but I'll, I'll digress to that. No, I, I totally agree with that logic, Robbie. Um, that's – you know, you'd rather have that matchup sooner than later, uh, for yeah. sure. Because no one wants to see Tennessee Georgia if that's the, if that's the four Tennessee Georgia in a championship in LA where it's starting like starting at an odd time Eastern, and then no one there cares about the game except for people flying over. Like it's just that that's a bad look. I think that, that is exactly the opposite of what they did though by jumping Alabama over Cincinnati last year. To create, well, you know, I think they've learned from their mistake, though. I think they, I think they're going to learn. They got the highest rated college football game. Yeah. Well, yeah, because every, every everything is going to be high rated than the other because there's more people, there's more people watching. Like, it, there's, it, it yeah, it, I think Tennessee, Georgia brings higher ratings than any combination that they can put on there. Are you kidding? Ohio no. State. 
Ohio yeah, State, Georgia. Ohio Georgia State would blow. Georgia's and their ramp, that's a one-time rating. What Robbie's talking about is what it does for the sport and, mm-hmm. and, and down the line. I mean, I can tell you I know a lot of people that could care less about that matchup. If, if it's Ohio State, Michigan, it's just not interesting. Ratings for one game are just people watching a TV. It, it's not good for the sport. Uh, we all know the SEC is the best, <laughs> but it's boring as hell, and I didn't watch that game last year. And I like football. Guys, I can't think of a game that was more anticipated than Alabama-Georgia last year in my lifetime. Oh, God. Well, with all due respect, your lifetime is very regionally regionally centric, if you will. I I, I did not care that much about that game. Who had no interest in certain regions, too. College football is – we can only go by what has happened this no, year. No, but Randall, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me push back, though. You can't separate yourself from where you live, right? Yeah. So you, you live in Tennessee, Alabama, or, or Georgia, Alabama country. So imagine being someone in Seattle. Do they care about this rematch they just saw two weeks ago? USC no. play is not sold out tonight. Huh? Don't it is me. sold out. There's, There's only 70,000 capacity, 70,850. It sold out yesterday. Yeah, well, it sold out yesterday because I but went this isn't my- a. But you're revealing your nature right now. This is not a competition. We're not it's, saying one versus the other. But Everyone wants – the most interesting matchups are those that don't occur. The, Ohio State-Georgia would be fascinating, I think, yeah. for everyone. It's not – Tennessee being number one facing Michigan. I'd pay to watch that. That'd be awesome. That's what we're talking about. We're talking totally about right. intriguing matchups across not, the country. That you, don't, that you don't normally see. I and, have a proposal. Y'all are misunderstanding. The proposal that I laid out has no rematches. Just because I separate Tennessee and Georgia doesn't mean that I'm expecting Tennessee and Georgia to win. Because, honestly, I think the final is Ohio State and Georgia. But well, I'm Anybody in the same conference is what we're talking about. You have a potential to make it an impossibility there won't be a rematch. No, but anything out of conference would be rematch in the first round, first game, like they did last year by passing Alabama over Cincinnati. Y'all are thinking I'm expounding the Tennessee uh, uh, credibility here. I'm expounding they want the best possible matchup in every level of the playoffs. By getting Tennessee away from no, Georgia. they want TV market. They want TV market. So if yeah, if, if Tennessee and Georgia are in the playoff together, pair them in the first round. Let them play, then let them advance and let that winner play someone else that hasn't played so them before. You just said Tennessee and Georgia gets the worst finals rating. That means they get the worst semifinals rating. Which is on New Year's Eve, which is automatically bad rating. So we're bumping up the the, the finals rating. Right. I'm, and there's I'm, the I'm, only way to not get a rematch is yeah. to not have Tennessee in the finals. Period. So if Tennessee's in the finals, there's some potential for a rematch, regardless. They won. I think Tennessee loses in the opening round. So again, by getting Tennessee away from Georgia, you not have no rematch. In the playoffs, everybody assumes well, no, if Tennessee's has- away from Georgia and Georgia's in there, then there is a potential for the rematch. Do you think the Tennessee- I just said yeah. anybody think Tennessee beats Ohio State on a neutral field? No, 
I mean, I mean I it's a it's, possibility, but yeah, they yeah, it's, it's not like, impossible. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. The over under might be eighty, but yeah, it's, they it's can. not impossible. The, the fact yeah. that we don't know because we can't really understand the matchups is what makes it interesting. That's I why. You, that's why you want to see a game. But if if it comes down that Tennessee has to be in, I mean, I don't think you slide the pieces around just to avoid a matchup in the beginning. I bet you it does happen. I, I'm I'm going to stick with this case. Oh, oh, well, what does happen? What should happen? Are two different things. I think they yeah. get the primary matchups by getting Tennessee losing to Ohio State and TCU losing to Georgia. But again. I think y'all are misunderstanding my point to thinking that Tennessee will get to the finals. No, I, I don't misunderstand no. your point. I, Rob, I'm ahead. just saying – sorry, Raj, go ahead. No, no, I'm listening. No, I was just saying I'm, – I'm just saying, like, there's no point to, you know, try and move these chess pieces around. There's, there's no way they should jump to number three um, coming out of the five spot with not playing anymore. I mean, they have to be number four. Right? Exactly. If they get in, they've got to be number four. And then, so you're thinking that Ohio State or Michigan winner could jump Georgia potentially? No, I think Alabama jumped Cincinnati to avoid the playoff. That the last the, year. Yeah. All right. That's all I'm saying. Is that's exactly what happened? But who? Okay. So what? What is your premise of this year then? Like if. If Tennessee's in the in the finals, if they make the final no. four, what's your what's your so the highest rated football games are TCU, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee. I expect Ohio State to beat Tennessee. I expect Georgia to beat ten, uh, TCU. The finals would be Georgia, Ohio State. That gives you so, the three. Games. So by going that, you're gonna say that Tennessee jumps TCU to number three spot and this, TCU falls to four. Somehow it's gonna happen. I don't know how. I don't see how that even happens when Tennessee doesn't play a, a championship game. TCU struggles at Baylor. TCU. I think. Like, there's there's no oh, Big Twelve oh, championship man. game this year because that blows there my is. entire. There is. I was going to say TCU. I, if, if I mean, that's TCU kill Kansas State. Segue. That's my point. TCU loses that game, in my opinion. When they played Kansas State earlier, and this becomes moot. So. Go let ahead. Me circle in because because. First of all, with USC, uh, I am going to go Saturday. I'm going to go to Notre Dame as well. I think they lose both games, personally. Uh, let's just say, for the sake of argument, if they don't, and they, you know, it does hurt that Oregon lost, and UCLA sort of inexplicably lost to Arizona because they're not going to get, in my opinion, let's just say everybody else ahead of them wins. They're not going to get enough. Uh, with UCLA being 16th, Oregon being 12th, you know, UCLA was probably going to be a borderline, if not, a, you know, a top 10 team. And, I mean, they would have been. They would have been ahead of Utah by virtue of a better record and by beating them. Um, you know, Notre Dame's climbing, but it's Colin Coward said, USC has tons of talent. They have first-round talent all over the offense, a few on defense, but they're talent thin on defense. They were 4-8 and eight last year. They had 39 new players. Thank you, Transfer Portal. They will be in the playoffs. Lincoln Riley is amazing. But they cannot compete with the horses on, especially on defense, with these big-ass teams that are ahead of them, TCU excluded. So I think they'll probably lose Saturday. But let's just say they win out. It would be a fascinating matchup on paper 
which my final four then would be you, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State winner, Tennessee, and USC. Those would be like a dream when it comes to matchups for the committee. Four powerhouses, whatever they may be. Now, USC would get smashed by Georgia just because, oh gosh, the athletes, but it'd still be fascinating. My more plausible scenario involves the Michigan-Ohio State game being very tight. I think it's going to be a grinded-out game. I always believe in the running game. So in my dream world, I think it's Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, and Ohio State because it's such a close game. The reason why I think this is I think LSU loses to Georgia. I don't think Bama is going to get in just with two losses and by not playing a championship game. And, you know, TCU beat Kansas State 38-28 a few weeks ago. That was Will Howard's first action of the year. It was 28-10 to 10 Kansas State when uh, Adrian Martinez went down, something like that. And TCU came back. Since then, TCU has a combined score of 79-3 to 3 in beating Baylor 31-3 to 3 and Oklahoma State 48-0. Will Howard has seven TDs and zero picks. He is more uh, well-rounded. He's not as one-dimensional as Adrian Martinez. They played two games with them. Overarching point, I think they beat Baylor in a championship. Not Baylor. They beat TCU, who will beat Baylor, in my opinion, in the Big 12 championship game, which takes TCU out. Hey, Ross, let me ask you this. I don't think this could happen. Let me just ask. Let me just play this out. If Notre Dame beats USC, that gets Notre Dame up there. Clemson wins the ACC. Does Clemson have any chance of sneaking in over those ACC or those uh, SEC Big Ten schools? So the reason why it's a possibility is North Carolina is pretty highly ranked, and they're sitting there. The Clemson-North Carolina winner, because they're in different divisions, I believe. Yeah. Are they, they not? Play the ACC so they would play in the championship game, and – as you know, it's it's about the numbers game and how who you can beat. And I mean, Tennessee's best thing going for them overall. We're just talking numbers here. Yeah, they beat LSU, but they hammered the number seven team at. And I know we guys already talked about it, yeah. but it's all about the who's got the the highest ranked win, you know. And eventually, it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan. Right now, it's Georgia over Tennessee. Just speaking in that way. I mean, can Clemson and North Carolina, that's going to probably be a top 10 win for whoever gets out of that. With USC, if they would have had UCLA and Oregon didn't lose just in dream world, I mean, those would have been two highly ranked wins if they won out. And I think USC gets in. Uh, But to answer your question, yeah, I I think there is a way. It's going to come down to Bama and kind of what happens there. And there's going to have to be some style points. Uh, is it probable? No. But is it possible? Sure. There, and you got Drake May, you got you got highlights, you got names. If, if, you know, if Michigan and Ohio State's close, I can't see Clemson no. jumping either of those. There's got to be Alabama. some blowouts along yeah, the way. Or, or Clemson like, blowing out. Or Alabama's lost two, two games at the last play, both on the road. Yeah. It's got to have a lot of cosmetics involved. A mm-hmm. lot of those games have to be – just hot. They've got to be ugly in their favor, whatever that looks like. Rudge, would you agree with the statement that the death nail to the Pac-10, Pac-12's candidacy was both Oregon and UCLA getting upset last weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it 
just in every way. UCLA losing Arizona was terrible. It was ugly. And I don't know if you've watched Arizona and Jaden Delora. Like, I I, actually, I'm not even going to try to make excuses. He's a gunslinger, and UCLA was caught looking ahead. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. And uh, it college football. It was Pac-12 after dark, which is Rob and I. I mean, just a joke. And the clock kick. It, 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 it was just horrible, and they they, caught, they were caught slipping. I think they're going to beat SC, and I, I think they're going to beat us pretty good. One other thing, but I'm Rob, still going. How did you feel about USC in the middle of a title run, moving to uh, possible title run, moving to Friday night last week? Because I see that as a complete it's insult. The, it's the Pac-12. Like I'd say that they're being vindictive. I mean, they are – They've actually made statements about how they're hurt, uh, but and, and they've acted like a, a, a petulant child or an ex, somebody cheated on an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend. But it's just so stupid in, on so many levels. And it, you know, Robbie knows it well. Are we surprised by this? No, I mean, just perpetual incompetence when it on, on so many levels. They're finally start. I mean, there's a reason why USC is leaving and. You need to do everything in your power, marketing and otherwise, to take advantage of your situation. And the Pac-12 is always the opposite. And, when I and, saw when I saw that score on the bottom line on Saturday, I was like, "Is that from last week?" Sure yeah, exactly. Last dude. night, I was like, seriously, they played Friday night. And you know, USC lost Travis Die. That game was three to two at the end of the first quarter. It was disgusting. I was watching and just like, oh my. I had buddies there that are like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Like, it was just like, like the world's cold. It was Friday. Yeah, dude. They pulled away and, you know, there were some style points. The backups got in. Miller Moss, a very good backup. He came in uh, with like four or five minutes left in the third. But, you know, they scored their last touchdown with less than a minute left. Now they were down there and they ran it in, but there were definite style points going on. Are you at a piano? No, I'm at my office desk. Usually I'm like on the ground, but why does it look? It kind of looks like you're at a piano. (laughs) We have a piano that I've never touched that my wife inherited. I mean, it does look like I'm at a piano. Yeah. This is the the end of my, (laughs) this is the end of what my laptop sits on a little shelf thing. But yeah, it totally like, (laughs) Hey, Roger, I'm going to you, and I'm going to work my way backwards. I want to talk yeah, about yeah. Oregon State finally co- tops the top 25 of the playoffs. Is Oregon State the most underrated good team in the country? Mm, no, only because – well, I think – weren't they ranked a few weeks ago, and then they lost? They, were, they fell out. Yeah, they lost at Washington, though, which now doesn't yeah. look like a bad loss. I always look at talent. If you look at Oregon State, especially their secondary, their NFL dotted. They they have a lot of talent. I don't know how good they are. You know, they Chance Nolan was returning quarterback, and he was good last year. A lot of people had him second or third all Pac-12. He's been awful this year. They went to a freshman, uh, Ben Gulbranson, Go, uh, just a typical freshman. It's not been pretty. They're just kind of winning football games, you know, like NFL style. Uh, NFC Central before when they had defenses. Um, they've gotten an identity with Damian Martinez. They're just Big Ten football. But they're they're underrated, yes. But, I mean, I was shocked they stayed with Washington. I don't know how good they are. Are they better than 
any of these garbage freaking UCF and Tulane and Okie State and those guys, yeah, they are. But I don't know who to who they're better than up up higher, if that makes sense. They're just playing much better football. Brandon, you saw Notre Dame earlier in the year, now up to 18. Is Notre Dame legit, or have they been a victim of a very weak schedule lately? I think they're getting there. Uh, I mean, look, you start with a never-before head coach in Marcus Freeman. Um, first year there, yeah, he's a player's guy. He's been on staff, but he's never coached. Uh, and and that, that was a big game for him early on in the season. He's had a lot of speed bumps. But I think he's starting to rein it in. I think I think they are getting better. Um, the talent's there. They, they've got some really good players. Um, strength really of schedule, good. yeah. I mean, I, I get your point on that. But they are beating teams that they should. And, you know, they're working their way up. I mean, it's – I mean, look at – like Raj mentioned, I was going to say Tulane's been kind of one of the surprises this year to make the top 25 uh, with uh, Will Fritz. I mean, they, they've done a good job over there um, with the lack of talent that they have on that that team. So, um, anytime you crack the top 25 it, it, and being a not a big-name school, it's pretty pretty big accomplishment. But, yes, Notre Dame um, – I'll credit they're getting better and they're a different team than yes. When we play them. Raj, I know you're going to make a point about me trashing their schedule. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, you can only play the games in front of them. They played with everyone. You know, they just hammered what the committee thought was the number four team in the country in Clemson or whatever they were at. I was just going to make a point about the players. I mean, you're a recruiting guy. You, you know, they've been top they're top five right now for next year. They've been in the top like 15, almost every like top 20, definitely. But they were top 10 with Brian Kelly. How many times over the last like seven, eight years? My point is the, the players are there. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just going to they have a new quarterback. You know, they, they new coach, new system. They, they, they have a lot of guys that lost, they lost to the NFL. Um, it's college football. You start out one place and you end up somewhere totally different once you come together and, I think they're a dangerous team. And if you haven't seen their running back, uh, what's his name, Audric Estime or whatever, he's like 235 pounds. I mean, he's a brick house. And the best tight end in the country too. Yeah, uh, Michael Mayer. And those are USC's weaknesses. So I think it's going to get ugly with them too, unfortunately. But uh, they got players, man. In the end, you look at players. And they got guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. So it can't be that bad. All right, Robbie. Yeah, with all this subjectivity and about who plays who, like, I feel like you got to take a step back and be like, well, look, when did they schedule whoever they scheduled? Because you can schedule UConn 10 years ago and they were good or bad, or you could schedule Notre Dame. Notre Dame was at the top of their game five years ago when Ohio State scheduled them. It's not Ohio State's fault that they just got a new coach and then Chip, or uh, Brian Kelly left. And so it's just like, like I feel like it's so punitive about who you play and who, like, like think about the mindset of the program and like 
this is like, don't make it so much like, oh, you haven't played anybody. Well, when we scheduled them, they were somebody and then coaches change. And so I think it's just like, there's got to be a lot more like eye talent. Like, what is this football team and how do they match up about who's ahead of them? And then not so much just this strength of schedule, strength of record, because yeah, I mean, especially home and away, and especially in the SEC, like, look, if, if, and I hate to to give Alabama any credit. If the schedule's flipped, if it's next year, Alabama has Tennessee and LSU at home. They're undefeated and they're in the playoff, and they're walking in. It just happened to flip this year. They played at Tennessee and at LSU, and like, but that doesn't make them better or worse. It's just the way the cookies crumble. And so, if college football is going to really crown the best champion, they've got to take these things into consideration. Think. Just outside of oh, Notre Dame sucks this year, or they're not this year. Well, when they scheduled them, they were that good, and that that was the anticipation to top five teams playing at that time. That's Michigan's praying that's the case, right, Tom? With their non-conference this That's year. the problem with the whole board, though, is there's no objectivity there. It, it's there's favorites and who they think should be in based on you know money markets and everything else. So. I mean, the where simplest thing to do is hey, let uh, Vegas uh, pick the top four teams. Yeah, man. It's like Ken Palm. Right? They know. They got their metrics. They know uh, what's yeah. up. Exactly. Yeah. You put you put a, a a favorites up there, you know, point spread, and you see what happens. And, and yeah. that, should, that should tell. Exactly. That should tell all. Yeah, like, like, well, like I hate to pick on Tom, but when poor Michigan got faced against Georgia last year, it was like, oh, it's a bloodbath. Like, that's the best four teams the committee came from. And it's not Michigan's fault. That's just a bad matchup. And mm-hmm. everyone loaded up on Georgia. But, again, matchups are a huge key. I mean, you can have a really good team that matches up well with another really good team and vice versa that, that does. Well, no one was beating Georgia. That Georgia team last year. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're strong in the run game and, you know, weak in passing and yeah. you can't a couple, get a shootout with. Uh, Georgia did not go undefeated last year. I know. Remember that. No, they didn't. And all this goes away once they're 12 teams. Tom. Penn State is the third team in the Big Ten. How good are they? They've lost to Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, to me, they're not properly ranked. I, they've got a quarterback that's 38 years old um, in his, like, 15th year, uh, his 15th year senior. Uh, very, very uninspiring. They do have a good running game, and they have an okay, okay defense. Like I said a couple weeks ago, they've got a really nice – Sunday NFL type players in the defensive backfield. Yeah, secondary is uh, good. Penn State, Florida. Penn State is it reminds me a lot of of Clemson. They're a name, and they're a name that can be marketed. And when they go up against the big boys like Michigan, like Ohio State, they kind of get put in their place. So eight and two in in probably the second best conference in the country. Does that give them some uh, credibility? Probably, um, but no, they're not right now. They they don't have a quarterback. If they had a quarterback that they could put on their back and really uh, trust to go down and get the big play when they need, 
that that could be a different story. But I I just don't see it. James Franklin's a fraud as far as I'm concerned, and right. and and the the fact that they're even in the top fifteen uh, baffles me because Oregon would would take them to town. Hey, Ole Miss would card, take them to town. Wild card question. You, for, UCLA would hammer them. Wild card question for Tom and Brandon. If Auburn calls James Franklin, does James Franklin go to Auburn? No, because he just got he just signed a huge extension for Penn State. I was going to say, He's not I, don't think, anywhere. I don't think Auburn's a bigger hire necessarily than Penn State is. And I don't think Auburn's that stupid. Maybe a few years ago, but I think kind of the mustard's off the hot dog with Franklin. Mm-hmm. He signed for a reason. I think, you know, USC really people wanted him. And then every you could just, you know, see through the veil, if you will. That guy is a fraud. I, he signed because well, Penn State's stupid, and they want to have a Paterno type a dude for 40 years there, but not smart. Well, last question to Robbie, then we'll go into our bet your nuts and closing words and all that stuff. Robbie, think about this one hard because I'm going to ask you to evaluate this for the first time in 15 years. Is the SEC East better than the SEC West? Oh, I don't want to think hard about that. No, no, you still have. So, so basically, the SEC East is a two-person race: Tennessee and Georgia. The SEC West still has Alabama, um, Ole Miss, LSU. Those three teams trump the two teams in the East. Who's the third best team in the East? Uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. That, yeah, game over now. But is Tennessee and Georgia so much more dom- I See, I have a hard time believing LSU. Mississippi State's better than Florida. They're better than South Carolina. Um, Arkansas is probably better than South Carolina, Florida. But, 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 but I'll answer it this way, though, Randall. The SEC East best is – the, for the first time in a decade, as good as the SEC West, best. All right. All right, guys. Um, it's a good show. We're wrapping her up. A lot of rhyming. I, any, I, anybody else got any other teams? I, I'm going to throw one out just because I give you all one minute to make a case, and I'm going to make a case for one of the ones that Rod said, would, or whoever it was said that they're – I don't know what they are. I agree with Tulane. We don't know what there are. I think UFC, uh, UCF, with Gus Miles on, is down there in Orlando going, no, 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 Auburn, look, Auburn, look, Auburn. I think it's the biggest mistake that's been made in college football in a long time. I think Gus Malzahn's a good coach, and I think that program is better than even the national perception of their rate. 20 team are they uh could they play in a power five conference absolutely not but somehow this was split into a group of five national champion like in high school and a a power five conference i think ucf is the team that's closest to being able to play with a power of five but and i also think they have the best coach of what we'd call a mid-major and I really think Auburn made a huge mistake getting rid of Gus Malzahn. Hugh Freeze is sitting there. So is uh, Jeremy, the guy from uh, Coastal Carolina. What's his name? 
Uh, yeah, they both got NCAA investigations going on. Is their problem? Uh, the guy from Coastal Carolina does. Yeah, he's got a nasty one too. He's got one hey, probably. How? There's not even any rules anymore. How can you get called cheating? When he was at Charleston Southern, he got caught playing player. Oh, that's when you guys say fuck. You guys already talked about Dion, I imagine. But what about the Tennessee offensive coordinated quarterback? Uh, what's his name? Alex Golish. 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 That guy, uh, if you look at his resume and what he's done and the guys he's coached, ooh. Uh, can he lead? Can he recruit? Well, I mean, looks like it. But that's a nice name, dude. I don't hear a lot about that dude, but wow. A lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves because of it being Heupel's offense, but Heupel gives him a lot. All well, right, wasn't he at UCF also? He was there, dude. He was. Yeah. You're exactly right. Robbie, who's your team? Anybody or my team for what now? Most underrated team that we didn't talk about. Um, Kansas State, man. I think Kansas State is a like look for for Manhattan, Kansas, and the fact they're in the top twenty-five. Bill Snyder built the program. It got tore down after he left. He came back and built it back up. He has now passed the reins. It it is the most impressive non-championship winning program, I think, in the country. I will tell you this. As a Tennessee, I was still working a little bit for uh, VolQuest at that point that Adrian Martinez committed to Nebraska over Tennessee, or he was actually committed to Tennessee and left and went to Nebraska. People in Knoxville, and I believe that would have been the very end of the Butch Jones era, was devastated by, by Martinez ending up at Nebraska. So he's a He's definitely a football player, and we're seeing it at Kansas State now. Uh, Tom, best team we didn't talk about. Well, I'm, I'm going to go out to the Pac-12 and, and, and a team that looked as good as anybody in the country last week against Oregon. It's Washington. Yep. Uh, they've got a quarterback in Michael Penix, who uh, there's a lot of fans in this area that wouldn't be disappointed yeah. if, if the Lions uh, picked him up in the draft. Uh, next year uh it, it's a good offense it's a good defense and and i just you go into oregon and you talked about it earlier tonight that that's not an easy place to play i mean it's a smaller stadium they're they're like on top of you and they smacked him in the mouth and that game you know 37 34 you know i don't think the score does it justice but this is a team that was given no shot against michigan state and you know what they ended up being they uh, put the wood to state and then, you know, had on a run, had a close loss against UCLA and Arizona State. But after that, they've been they've been rolling. They beat an Oregon State team. Uh, so this is a team that has potential. Unfortunately, they're not going to have Penix next year because he's going to, you know, he's going to be going. But, I mean, this is a team that they've got the tools. And, and you look at their stats – their leading rushers only got 546 yards. Wayne, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that last name. Uh, but in your your leading receiver, uh, either I'm not pronouncing that one either. Uh, 914. They they don't wow you. They just go out and play some good football. And I was really impressed on how they were able to close out that game last week. And and it, and it showed me that that was a team that uh, is a force that could be reckoned with. Yeah, right. to your point, they had a bad loss at Arizona State. Uh, it was one of those things where Emory Jones, uh, they pulled him. 
and they went with a totally different quarterback and uh, Trenton Borge, whatever, tiny kid, but really effective. And he just took the game over. And it was just after they lost at UCLA, which was actually a one-score game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not – nobody out west is going to dominate, but that's a good team with a lot of players. And they stole our Polynesian contingent. I don't mean that to sound in a racist – conquistador way if you will that didn't sound there we go now we're kicked off air yeah exactly now i push it fortunately i don't think i think people a lot of audience think i'm just making up names but but yeah they uh they got players man there's no doubt about it and i was surprised by that game i did not think they would do what they did uh but yeah they won in oregon and oregon was flying high bonex no pun intended yes he did and they got Utah this week, so you know, even though that's a really uh, a uncivil war, those two schools hate each other. Uh, you know, Oregon was probably looking ahead a little bit. I mean, I I thought they would win by ten points at least, mm-hmm. but so I don't know. Shit. Your choice too. Uh, North Carolina is kind of the team, just because I I wasn't here. You guys may have talked about it, but Drake oh. May and, and and that route, you know, the ACC and. and by virtue, even though I think the ACC is poop, you know, with Clemson being up, you know, having the numbers to beat some of those teams that could sneak up higher and higher. Um, and obviously, Drake May, everybody's drooling over what he is as a true freshman, right? Like, uh, but just a prototypical size, gunslinger, image, you name it. So that's a team that I don't, I don't know how great they are. Uh, I would have gone with Kansas State probably too and Will Howard. But they can make some serious noise uh, and end up, you know, number seven or something as high as that if the chips fall where they may. Yeah, they're playing Clemson in the ACC championship game. So, yeah. To the most improved player on Reckless Speculation, the man that hardly talked for the first four months now is the dominant force. We're going to, and if I leave him out, he yells at me, Brandon Chain. Best team we didn't talk about. We got a lot of big voices on here. Sometimes I, I just try and buy my time. But I, sometimes I don't get it, so I got to yell at you. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, again, it's uh, to me, it's Tulane. I mean, it's the first time they've been ranked in the top twenty-five since nineteen ninety-eight. I mean, all you Vols fans can relate to that day, nineteen ninety-eight. Hey, you know, Tulane still has a ninety-eight national championship banner hanging on their school ground somewhere. I'm, I'm telling you, that, was that Sean geez. King or something? Who was it? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty big Bowden or Terry Bowden. One of those Bowdens was there. Ter- Terry, oh. Terry, yeah, Tommy, it was Tommy. It was Tommy, I think. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Terry, anyway. this is why Chain gets pissed. We start talking about. Terry and Tommy Bowden when he's talking. Everybody on mute. Go ahead. No, it's all good. I'm just saying I think it's a pretty big leap in their program. Um, You know, things are looking up. You got NLI. You got Transfer Portal. Um, They're in the top 25 now. I mean, are they ever going to compete? Who knows? Uh, Chances are probably not. But could they, you know, hang around the top 25 for a few years? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think it's pretty cool to see Tulane up there because usually that's one of those people you see on the schedule. It's like, you know, a Sunday day off uh, and you don't really pay attention to them. So uh, that was kind of my big 
point of the whole un- underrated, untalked about teams. I think that guy's been there for 10 years. Their quarterback, Pratt. Uh, oh, sure. Spencer Pratt or Michael Pratt. Spencer Pratt was the guy in the hill. I think he, I think he had like the COVID year and took off and all that. And yeah. So he's yeah, dude. He's like seventh 30. year senior or something. Michael, Michael Pratt. Hey, fun Bam. fact. Stinson Bennett is the same age as Joe Burrow. Yeah. And he's not a good tipper. He's not a good tipper either. No, he's not. All right, guys. That's unfortunate. All right. It is so ironic that you just mentioned the names you did a minute ago because that is my final words. I want to talk about how NIL and the six-year of eligibility have helped a couple of players that come to mind, including the one in Knoxville and Hendon Hooker. I saw that Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker are both older than three or four starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Mac Jones, I think they're older than Tua. Uh, It's ridiculous. But Let's think about their career. Even Will Levis, who's on his fifth year, I believe, and <laughs> NIL and being able to make money and stay cool. If Hendon Hooker had chose for his four years at Virginia Tech to go to the NFL, he would have been a practice squad player, maybe made a spring training or a safety, and he would have been gone and never played football again. By taking these extra two years and seven figures he's making in Knoxville, great living he's making in Knoxville, just picked up NILs from French's Mustard, which I think is one of the funniest one I ever heard, and (laughs) the Benz dealership in Knoxville, that given NIL, given these quarterbacks and these other players time to develop in college, you know, not everyone matures at 21. Not everybody is the best football player they'll be at 21, but it's hard to find an NFL team that would keep a quarterback around three or four years while he grew into his skills. I, I think it's great for football now that we see these second chance portal guys really exciting. And Stetson Bennett's 25 years old and got a chance to win his second national championship. Hendon Hooker is 24 years old, and he's second at worst in Heisman trending right now. So I don't know if it's the wave of the future, but it does feel like a way to get more talented quarterbacks developed at an earlier age and into the NFL and with the NIL. They can take some time. I, I, I'm of the belief right now Hendon Hooker will probably make less next year if he's drafted in the third or fourth round than he did in NIL in Knoxville this year. So yeah. I, I'm all about for everything wrong with NIL, everything wrong with transfer portal. In some cases, we're seeing huge benefits off of it. And y'all mentioned Burrow. I think Stetson Bennett is actually still older, older than Joe Burrow. So by a few months or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but to your point, I, I totally agree with you. Um, it It's going to keep kids in college longer to let them develop longer. Three. But, but let's be honest, Stinson Bennett and Hendon Hooker 
regardless of NIL, they were not going to the NFL. They were going to stay in the first place. This was prior to all that when they made these decisions. Not yeah. saying that it didn't help. But that is, uh, again, to your point, it proves that, hey, if you stay a little bit longer and under the right system, you can really develop and really create value in your future and your brand and what you do in the NFL. And that's been way too long coming because all these kids come, they, they want to go in, they, they're told they're good their entire life. They have a couple good highlight reels and they go into the NFL and they fizz out in two years. I mean, it's just, they, they don't get enough chances. So, and Totally agree. I think NF, NIL and transfer portal is great for college football right now. Brian Young, just does not eliminate quarterbacks. Brian Young was bagging groceries, saw a, a, a flyer for Georgia Military College, went there, spent six years in college, and he will be a second, third-round pick as a defensive end. Jarrett Versus at Florida State went to Niagara as a non-recruited player He's probably going to be a second or third round pick uh, using the transfer portal. I just think there's some really good things about it that we don't ever talk about. Robbie Davis, what is your final words for the night? Um, yeah, I've got a couple. Yeah, as well to go on this topic. As we gotta go bet your nuts first, right? Before final words. Someone who uh, didn't start a career since they were 29. Um, I get the whole waiting and making sure things are right, making sure everything's okay before you jump into things like a maniac. So yeah, I started my I started my law my first job my first career at twenty nine. So yeah, I get that. Um, that's my number one point. So I understand that. But the my main my main point though is that guys, uh, Raj's team USC is playing with the volunteers in the Bahamas next week. I've invited him to the Bahamas. He keeps passing it up. I'm like, we're saying adults, all-inclusive. He won't go. I think he's a little scared about what Tennessee may do in this tournament. Um, but you They're going to kill you, I see now. I'll let him uh, tell you why he's not going. But the invite's <laughs> yeah. been there for a while. Um, my second point is, hey, I think The Rock is on something with this XFL stuff. If if I'm buying stock, I'm buying stock in The Rock and the XFL. Me too. It was on Sports Center tonight. It was on the radio when I was driving around. I think he's on to something. I do too. Uh, no, yeah, go ahead. You gonna cash out your FXT stock first? Um, yeah. yeah. You know better than that. I'm all GME. That's my whole <laughs> network is GME. What happened to AMC? Um, uh, number three, my notes say um, basketball can look, look learn to, from football. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm not sure what I mean by that. I don't know. I'm not sure what the, those words may have been not written clearly. So number four, though, my bet your nuts is the under in the Buffalo Cleveland game. Brandon and I run early. Six feet of snow, boy, that's a stretch. Yeah, no, Brandon and I, we, we bet early. We bet 43, 43 and a half. I got 43 and a half. It's a yeah, so Brandon and I got it 43 and a half. It's going down, down, down. The caveat, though, is now 
Tom, of course, your your teams are trying to take money from us poor people, and they've offered the game to be played to Detroit. Hopefully, if it's played in oh, Detroit, they have? Right, yeah, really? That's what I, I heard. I heard on PTI this when I was on the treadmill today. Well, I'm going. Detroit's I'll be there if that's the, the case. Game be played, but no, it should be played in the outdoors under 43 and a half. It's probably, I think it's down to 41, maybe 40 now. 41. That's that's the bet your nuts under seven feet of snow. Giddy up. Hey, you could you could say 10 over under 10, and you, yeah. you'd probably get that. <laughs> Let's put our final words of bet your nuts. I forgot to make my bet your nuts, and uh, Brandon, I, I did screw it up, so we're going to do it. Hey, Tennessee lay in 21. We're, we've already proved we'll score with 30 seconds just to make it look better. So, <laughs> you done, Robbie? Yeah, maybe. All right, let's go to the gambler's worst friend, Tom Sloan, trying to get the game moved out of Buffalo. Hey, hey I'm going to be pushing for it. I want to see that game. I might take my dad there. He's a Browns fan. So, anyway. Um, oh, I'll start with my bet your nuts, and uh, we'll go NFL for this game. Um, coming off the game of the year, the catch of the century, I've got Minnesota, uh, who for some reason are the underdog at home against the Cowboys, who uh, laid an egg in Lambo last week. So I got Minnesota uh uh, it's a point and a half, which, you know, that's not a whole lot. But I've got them winning the game. It's a home game, so I've got them winning. And I'm going to go I'll out to – I'll double down on that. I like that too. I like yeah, that Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. That number is going to move. It'll be even if not Minnesota favored by the time kickoff happens. Uh, and then I'm going to go to the Big Ten. Um, this is uh, Mickey Joseph's make it or break it game, in my opinion. Um they are 11 and a half point underdogs against Wisconsin, who uh, really hasn't shown me a whole lot this year. They, they fire their coach. They bring in uh, Jim Leonard, not the Jim Leonard that's in our uh, comment thread, but uh, they bring in Jim Leonard uh, as their coach. But I like Nebraska here at home, uh, 11 and a half point favor, uh, underdog. I, I, so I think they're going to they're gonna cover that. And I think they can come out with the win uh, if, if, if they uh, – they play right. If they can play a complete game, they certainly haven't been able to do that very often this year. Um, but my final words are, uh, this is a team, this is a player that I think at the start of the year, we all were pretty much in agreement that uh, you didn't want to mess around with. And, and who I'm talking about is Tom Brady. Uh, gone through about as much turmoil as you can for a season. I, I, I think he went on a hunger strike, looked like he lost about 47 pounds. His face turned into a skeleton with, with just a, a skin sheath over it. But um, do you see ever since was that was already dating another guy? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. But oh, there, ever since that Taekwondo that's, trainer, they were in the, in oh, the it always comes to that. Yeah. And so uh, same with Marjorie Taylor Greene with her sex guru. But anyways, um, God. <laughs> uh, ever since that, that, Allegedly. you know, the, 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 the history or the, the story of them uh, getting divorced has kind of been publicized. He's looks like a different player. Um, he's a little bit more vocal. He looks a little bit more well-rounded and that what I saw last week in Germany and what he said, it was like a Super Bowl type of uh, atmosphere. 
he looked like the Tom Brady of old. He was fired up, and 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 he's got them on a two-game winning streak and in a division that uh, there's no reason why they can't win. So it's 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 exciting to watch a 45-year-old guy because, you know, I'll be 45 next Tuesday. You can send your uh, Christmas birthday presents my way. But anyways, um, it's exciting to see how he can turn the season around. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep it up. Um but uh, I think a lot of us were wondering, uh, is, is he going to really go out like this? And I think he's turned it around. And, and if you look at a team, they're, gonna get, they're getting their running game going. Fournette had a really good game after he ran his mouth about his production. And um, he, you know, he put his money where his mouth was last week, and he, he had a really well, good game. And so I think if you look at the way the, the, the season has turned out, it, I mean, it, this has probably been the most unpredictable NFL season that I can recall. So looking at it, you, you're possibly looking at a Tampa Bay team who no one really thought they were in the mix that are right there now in that division and, and could be something to reckon with, with Tom Brady's experience in the playoffs and his drive. And you know darn well he's – hungry and he does not want to go out like he had been going out at the start of the season. So um, it's cool to see the the turnaround from him in that team. And I I wouldn't bet against him at this point. Speaking of that, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I'm seeing Justin Fields for a Saturday in Atlanta. So uh, when you talk about that crappy division, we're part of it. (laughs) All right, let's go with, Barrage, Matt. Brandon, we're going to let you get cleaned up twice in one night. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll do bet your nuts first. And I'm going straight. This conference has been really good to me. And it's ironic because I usually hate it and make fun of it. But the ACC, last week, UNC getting three and a half at Wake was my, like, lock of the year. Um, I actually had that in a nice parlay with Tennessee getting 20 and a half. Uh, so that really paid out well and made up for a lot of ineptitude, which I look forward to losing all that money this week. But, um, you know, I'm kind of like undermining exactly what I was about to say, because I was going to take North Carolina minus 21 against Georgia Tech, but I actually moved to the big 12. So yeah, thanks ACC. I actually got one right. But Looking at those, my my bet this week is my lock is West Virginia was just at home beat OU. They're riding high. That Kansas State team is seven and a half point favorite at West Virginia with Will Howard playing well. Kansas State's got their eyes on the prize. I'm taking Kansas State seven and a half point favorite. Take the points. Um, side note that TCU team that's ten and zero and seven and zero. Kansas State just beat Baylor at Baylor, or maybe it was at home, 31-3. to 10-0 TCU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at 6-4 and four Baylor. Just doesn't seem right, you know. I, I, it's just sometimes it's by virtue of records and, you know, these teams creep up, but I don't know. Call me old-fashioned, but an old – I know it's in conference, but, you know, number five Tennessee would be a 25-point favorite at Baylor. I'm just saying that. Uh, finally – Actually, two things. One, how about the turds we've had for Thursday night football? Thursday night football, anybody in the league says it's a joke. They shouldn't play it. 
You just kill yourself. Tides change it this weekend. Tides got a good game this weekend. Well, we're on Thursday. Point, I know, and it's an interesting matchup. Maybe five years ago with Green Bay, but you guys said Cleveland and Buffalo in six feet of snow is a forty-one and a half point over/under. But freaking Tennessee and Green Bay is forty-one. So what is Vegas telling you? It's going to be uglier than a game played with oh, Kobe Brissett in seven and feet of snow, running back and forth, back and forth. I mean, I it's going to be a good game. I, you're rationalizing, but. When you're looking at some of the other games last week, Randall, no offense. I mean, you put the Raiders in any of these games. I mean, they're the only team that hasn't played on Thursday who should play every Thursday because they suck. But Atlanta, Carolina. Hey, I put want- them on midnight oh. Eastern. And that, just throw them in the Pac-12 network. Dude, what, hey, please. Uh, They'd lose uh, to Oregon. But, like, <laughs> Philadelphia, Houston. Baltimore, Tampa Bay. And mind you, put yourself with these teams on a Thursday. Some of these games are possibly intriguing points-wise on a Sunday, but Baltimore-Tampa Bay, when you know Brady was in the midst of a skeleton phase and Giselle's hanging out with her, I'm not going to say what she was doing with her Tybo guy or whatever. The worst was probably the Bears There's and the Commanders. The Bears and Commanders. Saints in Arizona when they're both just garbage. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And Indianapolis and Denver. I mean, just come on. Like, why play these games? I agree. Tennessee and Green Bay is an intriguing matchup. Just the logos and everything, but it'll be ugly. This is is the thing, though. Like, you know, as much as you give everyone, and I do too, give Roger Goodell crap, they gave him a a goal – Take Thursday night football. Make these teams play short weeks. It's going to be terrible football. What can you sell it for? Oh, here's Amazon. A billion dollars a year. Boom. Exactly. Like, like, and that's another thing. Hey, for it's the, the suckers that pay for this product. That's the problem. Oh, they make fortune. And there's a reason why they have 17 weeks now and why Amazon yeah. is broadcasting these awful games. Yeah. Uh, there is so much money involved. And these matchups are calculated as well. Uh, you know, I'm, you don't see a lot of high-flying teams going at it. You, you know, it's almost like they're aware of the possibility for injury and otherwise on short weeks in the week. You know, it's all calculated. Uh, Google's logarithm or something. Um, finally, like just looking at college football, I was just like, bear with me. When, when you're looking at, at uh, the top like 10 or 12 or 15, whatever, 16, you can guess the conferences, but – Two and three face each other. Both of them beat 11, who hasn't beat anybody. Out West, 16 beat 17, who beat 12, who beat 16. By the way, 16 plays seven, who beat 23, and seven hasn't beaten anybody else. Finally, when you go to the SEC, one beat five, who beat seven and eight. Eight, well, seven beat eight, who just beat 14. So that's the SEC in a nutshell. And finally, LSU barely beat a crappy Arkansas team without their quarterback. If you look this week, Arkansas is a very close, what are they, like two and a half um, against somebody decent. Who do they play? And uh, you're telling me you're not behind me, you know. The, you, lost, you lost me at one verse two. Minus that was three. my point. <laughs> that was my point. That's college football right now. Get, get your, get, <laughs> hey, next week, go behind a piano. 
And just that play, was my point. Play like, play that's what I was doing, dude. I was playing different melodies out. and keys. This, this Finally, now. Robbie, SCI expected to be better at basketball so far. Uh, the team that Tennessee beat by 30 tonight beat USC. There's kind yeah. of an irrationalization for that, uh, but I'm not going to get into that. And, you know, I'm going home for a couple reasons. One, of course, to see my mom. It's just me, so it's kind of a vacation. Two, I get to be alone in the house I grew up in. And three, that house is just found a bum living in it. So I've got to do some uh, uh, work on the house and work with the property yeah. manager company. Well, so guys, I, will, I got to deal with a bum. So that's why I'm missing that, the Bahamas. Guys, um, guys, I will be out of the country next weekend or next week. Uh, Enjoy. I will not be here, but um, I will try to get, log on and, and watch the show. Next week's special edition, half the length and twice the information is what we call it. <laughs> uh, unless Tennessee loses to Butler in the round one, then I may just be pissed off and say, F it, I'll go to the internet cafe and hey, hey. jump shooting teams, man. You never know. Yeah. By the way, to Roger's point, every NFL team is supposed to get at least one primetime game. We know where they took all the crappy teams and gave them their primetime game back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Lions aren't playing on a Thursday. <laughs> Oh, they actually, they are at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, again, it's somewhat similar to college. I mean, they do schedule these games at least a, a year out, not quite as far as college. But, you know, the previous year, the, that team could have been good. And, you know, you expect good matchups. Well, but the they, NFL say, does, they do it. The NFL does it very tiered. Like the winners of the divisions are matched up in like the East, West, and then like conferences yeah but they also they give a nod to the big market teams um oh yeah of course yeah yeah it's 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 all the nfl the nfl has the the glory of it's on tv people will watch they could throw right shit they throw the jags and texans in london and people watch it yeah all right b james final words all right um i'm gonna go bet your nuts and i'm gonna stay with the hot hand of the Washington Commanders. Uh, now they're playing the Texans. They're only three and a half point favorites in Houston, but they were 11 point dogs uh, coming off this huge win over Philly. Um, I think they got a lot of momentum going. Defense is playing fantastic. Their defense looked lights out um, last week. So uh, I think three and a half is not enough. I think they, they, Definitely cover by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. And Chase Young uh, comes back this week. Chase Young also comes back, uh, which is oh. a huge, huge addition to that defense. Um, what school did he so, go to again? Uh, well, you know, one of those Big Ten schools. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so I heard. <laughs> my other lock, uh, sorry, Raj, I do like UCLA plus two. Um Two and a half right now. I absolutely think I'm still uh, shocked by that line and that it hasn't moved more. It, I know it's at the Rose Bowl and there's probably going to be, you know, 60% USC fans over UCLA, maybe 50-50, but UCLA is playing good, even though they lost last week, which was terrible. Um, I still – I like that a lot. Uh SC has a lot of injuries on defense, and they can't afford them. And I think UCLA is – they're going to put up some points. I'll be there. I'll 71,000. By the way, Rob, the Rose Bowl, to your point, 
They probably could have sold this game out with a 90 to 100. They can't remove the tarps once they're on. Capacity is like 70,850. Um, I got seats today and it was already a sellout. Let's just say I didn't break the bank for them. But uh, that's Pac-12 football for you, man. But I agree, Brandon, that's uh, – I, I definitely think that's a nice, yeah, juicy like, spread. I don't, I, don't, I don't know the politics and the procedures for the tarps, and the, but, like, it's USC, UCLA, top 10 matchup. Remove the tarps. I don't care if it call, like if you have to pay a fine or whatever it is. Move, remove them. Get, get 100000 in the Rose Bowl. Make it epic. Like, the, it's the – GD Rose Bowl. It used yeah. to be sold out every year, and it was electric, dude. It yeah. was like right down the line. It was as close as we got to other conferences. Just the red and blue. Uh, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Last few yeah. years, not been the case, but yeah, this year the capacity is just under seventy-one thousand. The Rose Bowl was adjusted to ninety-one. I know they easily would have hit ninety-one this year. Yeah, like yeah, just. It's, I wish it's something the could be done. 12, dude. because because, because it, I've been to the Rose Bowl many a times and like it's epic. It's it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's it's the epitome of college football. It really like no offense to Neyland or Ohio State or the, the the big house. The Rose Bowl is college football. No offense to Coliseum at, at that point. Like it's no, beautiful. It's awesome. And when it's packed, it's as great as anything you can ever see. Um, and then to them to shortchange it just for worries, like, no, like it, it, it just sucks. It does suck. Agree. But I can take a leak and get a beer in the same like run between quarters. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Usually it takes like about 28 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Go ahead and finish yours up. Uh, no, I mean, final words. Um, just how the window, like I spoke on earlier, the window of college football is shortened for a team to turn around with NIL and transfer portal. Um, Rod, you weren't here, but I was speaking on USC, Lincoln Riley, for instance. Uh, Last year, USC was awful. I mean, you know, terrible. A lot of times, they gave up. uh, Even though you get, uh, you know, a coach from another team that, that transfers over, it usually takes a couple years in the past for them to kind of build their system in and and really implicate their culture and program. Um, now that's not so much. I mean, you can you can turn around a team in six months uh, to a year with, with NIL and transfer portal. So um, being nine and one is a miracle, dude. Like I thought they could win as high as nine games, and they still may end up with only nine with their two remaining games. But to your point, still, dude, it, it's a complete insane. turnaround. It's, uh, it's and, and yeah, with you know what the fourteen month turnaround, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, but that's what this does, and you know, we were somewhat speculative on how nil and and transfer portal is going to actually affect college football, but I think it's made it better. It's made it more competitive. Um, and now you can get these teams in there sooner and faster, and you don't have, uh, you know, the big dogs that reign on top for, for so many years. And, you know, competition's coming. 
plus we're about to get a 12-team playoff. I mean, things are about to heat up in college football over the next four or five years. It's not a coincidence that powers, traditional powers down on their luck that have a ton of money like Tennessee and USC are in the top 10. Thank yeah. you, Portal. Yep. Thank you, NIL. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. That, this that's a more. great show tonight. I really enjoyed this show. I think we got a lot of information out and kind of beat it around the court. Uh, next week, Robbie not here. Uh, we will, as far as I know, we will still be here on Wednesday night, maybe a, a brief edit version. Uh, we will talk about Thanksgiving football. We'll have another week of uh, college information to go into the playoffs. Uh, we'll be here. Tom, Rod, Rod, will you be um, joining California or not? I hope so, but I'll, I'll give you advance notice. It's just a lot of family well, stuff. There, so there, I hope are, so. there are storms in the Bahamas planned. So I'm, if I'm stuck in my room just drinking, I will uh, try to get off the internet works. Well, if nothing else, be <laughs> Tom and Brandon talking about Big Ten football because that's about all I can get out of those boys. We'll do a preview of the game that I'm going to that Saturday, which is be I'll see you guys oh, nice. Michigan game. You're going? Oh, yeah. So I'm driving up. Yeah, driving up Friday. Got that game uh, Saturday. We're leaving early Sunday morning. I've got Titans Bengals uh, at Nissan Stadium Sunday. So it's going to well, be a fun field of football. Rolling. Let me tell you what Randall just recently planned over his Thanksgiving holiday. I'm going to be in beautiful downtown Nashville to watch the Vols kick the crap out of Vanderbilt next Saturday. So that's my Saturday. Hopefully they shoot more than Checker Vandy. Checker Vandy. Yeah, we're going to – so for Robbie Davis, for Tom Sloan, for Brandon Chain, for Libriachi, Raj Mehta, we're reckless speculation. Smash, like, follow. We need some more follows. We've kind of held out at 1,400. Get us over 2,000. We'll have a special show. Good night. God bless.